We are in week two of a series called Kingdom Builders. You guys liking this series so far? We are in week two, and here's the question that I want to challenge you to continue asking yourself. And I know you heard about this last week. Is here's the we do this at the end of each year, and here's the question: If this is your church, we say this, okay, God, based on everything you've given me, or me and my family, depending on your situation, what would you have me do at the end of this year to build your kingdom and not just mine? We ask that question and then we walk in obedience. I'm telling you, the sky's the limit as to how many people we can reach in the city of Austin and beyond. Amen? Hey, can you guys help me and say hello to the amazing women at the God Behind Bars campus? Women, women we love you so much. You are every bit as much a part of this family as those sitting in this room right now. We love you and we're so glad you're joining us today. All right, so... Um, some of you just realized, some of you knew, but some of you just realized, wait a second, I think they're about to talk about money. And that causes some feels, doesn't it? I mean, we can just, listen, we're gonna be super honest today. I'm gonna be very honest with you about some of my thoughts on giving, what they are today, what they used to be. So it's okay, we can acknowledge the fact that that brings up emotions. It's not just because we're sitting in church. Like, you go to Chili's after church and somebody leans across the table and goes, hey, I'd like to talk to you about your finances you're gonna have some emotions, right? It just, it's how it is. So, <clears throat> so I understand that. Don't let that, like, just, you can throw that aside. Nobody's gonna guilt you or twist your arm into doing anything. You don't have to do anything. And so, um, but I know that some of you, because I know some of you, some of you are like super excited about this series. You're like, yeah, let's go. I can't wait to get generous. I can't wait to build God's kingdom. I can't wait for this offering, right? Some of you are like, I'm not quite let's go. I'm not mad, I'm just, all right, what do you got to say? Some of you are like, really, bro? I brought my neighbor. <laughs> and this is what we're gonna talk about? And some of you actually do feel a little angry, a little emotional, a little pessimistic, a little irritated, a little like, how dare you? You don't have a clue what I've been through. How dare you stand up there and talk about money? And I just wanna say, that's okay. I have been in your seat and have felt every single one of those emotions. In fact, we're gonna talk about that today. I'm gonna share three stories with you. Um, what God has done in my life through giving his way. And I wanna talk to you very honestly about how I came into this whole thing just kicking and screaming. I did not like it. I did not wanna be a part of it. I was asking the question that you've probably thought yourself, which is if God has everything and he's, and I don't, and I'm broke, why does he need my money? We could be honest. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand if you've thought that, but we could be honest, right? And so, um, so I'm gonna share some stories of my journey with giving, and, and I promise you, here's what I want you to know right up top. This series is not about what this church wants from you. This series is about what this church wants for you. I promise you that. I promise you that. So, 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 so my journey started when I was 24 with this topic. Um, and some of you know my story, but for those of you who don't, I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, at 24, I was living in LA and I was a drug abuser, just a mess. And, and some things had happened in life and I ended up getting real suicidal. I started having panic attacks for the first time in my life on a level that I'd never experienced before. And they got so bad, I just didn't think I could go on. And I actually sat down one day to take my own life at 24. And what I realized is, is what I remembered is we went to church a few times when I was a little kid and I had heard about heaven and hell. And I sat at that table and I thought, what if they're real? What if this isn't a joke or a game? I'm gonna be in one of them in like 30 minutes. 
and I didn't know the rules. And so I called the only Christian friend that I knew and he took me to a church in Illinois and I sat in a church service just like this with cocaine folded up in a little triangle in my wallet and raised my hand and said, if this thing's real, I want this. And God changed everything about my life. I've never looked back. And, and so, so, so that happened a few weeks after that, about three weeks later, I realized I kind of need to get out of my current situation because all my friends were so in the drug culture and I, I was trying to make some changes. And so I moved to Illinois, what I thought would be just for a month or two, ended up being for several years. But, um, and I moved there and when I moved there, I had nothing. Um, I had just wrecked my car and didn't have the proper insurance, so I lost my car. I made great money in LA, but I spent it all on drugs. And so when I came to Illinois, I literally came with three suitcases. I had nothing. I had 20,000 in student loans. I had 20,000 in uh, credit card debt, not a penny to my name, no car. And so the church was trying to be nice to me, and so they gave me a little part-time job just to put a little money in my pocket. And they gave me a car that someone had donated to the church. It was an orange rusted out station wagon. It was not a chick magnet. In fact, I'll never forget one day I was driving home from the church and I'm in my orange rusted station wagon and I'm at a stoplight and these girls pull up next to me and they roll down their window. And I'm thinking like, I still got it. I still got it. I didn't have a push button, I had a. I was like, sup? And this girl goes, nice car. Dad let you borrow that? <laughs> and then they rolled their window up and drove off. I questioned my whole life at that intersection. I was living with a family that they let me live in, uh, stay with from the church, driving a jalopy, part-time job at the church, no money, no nothing. And, and the pastor's wife sits me down one day and she's like, hey, you need a budget. And I was embarrassed to admit it, but I was like, you're right, I need a budget. What's a budget? Yeah, I need a budget. And so she, she got this piece of paper. She started writing down. She's like, all right, so you got to have a little money for gas and a little money for food. Those credit cards are not going to pay themselves. You have to start making the payment on those, like student loans. And then she goes, oh, I almost forgot. And she went to the top and she wrote in all caps, tithe. I went, what? What's that? She goes, you know, it's, it's when you take the first 10% of what you make and you give it back to God through the local church. I went, that's what you do, not what I do. And I started thinking the same thing that you've maybe thought. If he's God, why does he need my money? I don't have much, he seems to have plenty. Like this makes no sense to me, I was angry. And I was, I was, it actually did, it made me feel really emotional because the truth is, growing up, I only knew two things. Like as a kid, the whole time I was growing up, I knew two things. I'd never met my real dad and I always wanted to be a dad. I'm like, I can't wait to be a dad someday. And we were really poor. And, I, and, I, and so all growing up, I was like, I just don't wanna be poor. I wanna be a dad and I don't wanna be poor. Because ever since I've known what money was, like I knew we didn't have any and I knew it just made me different. Like I couldn't go to McDonald's after the baseball game with the rest of my team as a little kid because we just couldn't. I didn't have the right shoes. I didn't have the right cleats. I didn't have the right basketball shoes. Like I always just felt different because of how poor we were. So I was like, I wanna be a dad and I don't wanna be poor. And here I am, I'm 24 years old with a college degree, but I've never been poorer. In fact, I've got negative money because all I have is debt. And I got this lady that I barely know telling me to give 10% away. And it, it, it was, I was like actually angry about it. And she could tell I was really bothered. And she goes, oh honey, let me just read you a passage of scripture. And she said this, and here's what I want for you. She said, can you hear this not coming from me, but from the God 
of the universe who you just put your faith in for your eternal salvation. And if you could trust him for your eternal salvation, could you maybe trust him in this one area of your life? And here's what he says, and I'm gonna read to you what she read me. Malachi 3. Bring the whole tithe. That's that word she wrote at the top of my paper that I didn't understand. That word just means 10th. Bring the whole 10th into the storehouse. That's your local place of worship. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this. She said, Sean, this is the only time in the entire Bible God says, I'm so serious about what I'm asking you to do as my follower. Test me and see if I won't do things that'll blow you away. She said, it's the only time he, sees, he says it. She's, she's like, that's how serious he is about it. That's how much he knows it'll change your life if you do it. He says, test me, and says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I said, hey, lady, I got nothing. She goes, well, coming up with 10% of that shouldn't be a problem then, should it? I said, don't get, don't get cute with me. I don't like this talk. Here's what I thought. I thought what you may have thought later. Like right now, I'm really strapped, but someday, yes. When I get on my feet, when I get a little bit more, I've got financial dreams, I've got financial goals, I'm really hurting right now. Someday I will. I know that he talks about it. I don't like to think about that part. We're struggling right now, but when things get better, there will be a day when I'll turn around and get generous. That's what I thought. And truthfully, that's what a bunch of you have thought. And that's what I told her. I was like, it makes no sense right now, but someday, yeah, but let me get on my feet. And she said something that I'll never forget. She said, Sean, she said, here's what, you'll, you don't know this now, but you'll, you'll know it someday. The more you have, the harder it will be to actually trust God with your tithe. She said, because here's the thing, 10% when you feel like you have nothing, feels crazy. It's like, I can't do 10%, I'm, I'm struggling, like this is crazy. But then if you have a whole bunch, you go, 10% of what I make? Now that's crazy. I'll give a good amount. I'll give more than most, but 10% of what I make, that's crazy. She said it, does, it doesn't get any easier. It takes the exact same amount of faith to tithe, whether you're broke or a billionaire. She said this, she said, it's, it's not about how much you have. It's about what you do, or if you'll trust God with what you have. That's what makes the difference. And we see this in, in you know, the, the Bible actually backs up what she told me. In, in Matthew 19, there's this really, really rich guy. In fact, he was so rich that we don't even know his name. The Bible just says he was a rich guy. They call him the rich young ruler. And he came to Jesus and Jesus called him to a level of generosity that he was uncomfortable with because he had so much. And because he had so much, he walked away. And the Bible says he was actually sad. He walked away sad and he missed out on everything God had for him because he had so much. Because to him, that kind of money's crazy. And then in Mark 12, Jesus goes bananas over a girl who gives a two penny offering. It's never about how much you have. It's about do I trust God with what I have? And she said, Sean, I don't want you to just do this today. I want you to go in the church and I want you to start having this taken out of your paycheck every time, make it consistent. I was like, now you've gone way too far. Like, why do I need to do that? I'll write a check, fine, back off, but I'll do it next. She goes, no, 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 because you know you. Because it's human nature. 
She said, if you don't sign up to make this thing consistent, you will have the same argument with yourself every two weeks for the rest of your life. Every time you get paid, because you'll be in a different emotional state, a car will break down, something will go out, something will need paid for. This, this month I got a lot of faith. This month I'm mad at God. Like, she's like, if you're gonna decide to live this way, make it consistent and walk in it. And so I did what I couldn't believe I was doing. I went into the church and I went to the little finance office. I'll never forget. The, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Her name was Connie. That's how much this conversation like scarred me. And I was like, Connie, I... Take out 10%. Here's the thing. I remember walking back out to my rusted orange station wagon and I felt like I had stepped out from under a squat rack. I had had financial worries ever since. I've been worried about money ever since I was old enough to know what money was. For the first day in my life, I didn't worry about money. I had, I had peace. I didn't see it coming. In fact, I remember having this conversation with God. I remember saying, hey, you said test me. So guess what? My financial problems are now your financial problems. Good luck with that. Sorry about the two visas. I had peace. I hadn't had financial peace my entire life. I went to bed that night with peace. I couldn't believe it. And I've heard some people who do what we do for a living or who get in church environments and they talk about giving and they try and twist this whole thing around into something that God never meant it to be. And they say, if you give, God will make you rich. You ever heard that? If you give, God will make you rich. You get a jet, you get a rose, you get a Rolex. I didn't get rich. I didn't get a watch. Didn't get a new car, drove the same rusted station wagon to work the next week. Some would say, well, maybe it didn't work. No, it worked. I told you part of my testimony for a reason. Three weeks earlier, I almost took my own life because I had so much anxiety. God knew I didn't need a bunch of money in a bank account or a watch. I needed peace. And that's exactly what he gave me. That's what I needed. <laughs> Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. I began to trust God with something that I had worried about my whole life and found a level of peace I hadn't experienced in a long time. And I want that for you. So here's my challenge for you. If this is your church, I challenge you to start tithing. I know it could be scary for some of you. I challenge you to start tithing and not just today, not once. Get on the app, get on the website, sign up for recurring giving and make it consistent. You don't wanna have the same emotional argument with yourself every paycheck for the rest of your life. Make it consistent. Now, here's what I know. Some of you, you're new to this place. You're like, I don't even know if I trust your motives today. It's, oh, it's pretty convenient to talk about giving at a church because you work here, don't you? I get that. I thought the same thing sitting in your seat. Maybe you haven't been here long enough to trust these guys. I get that. I heard Ryan doesn't even like dogs. Why would you trust them? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't trust that guy. If Ethan gets a haircut, I'll trust him. Otherwise, I'm out. I get that. Here's my, here's my proposition for you. And I mean this with all my heart. Tithe to another church. There's some great churches in this city and it won't take you long to figure out where they are. Just Google a couple of, I guarantee they'll, they'll all be real happy if you start tithing there. Tithe there, keep coming here, keep drinking the coffee, keep worshiping with the team, keep letting us tell your children about Jesus while you do so and watch what God will do. This is not about what this church wants from you. It's about what this church wants for you. I promise you that. 
I want you to experience the peace of God that comes with trusting him with something that's so close to our heart, our money. That's what I want for you. It gave me peace in a way I didn't see coming. It gave me purpose and joy in the middle of a really hard situation and I didn't see it coming. There's a verse where Paul talks about this being a reality, but it's, it's one of these passages and I'm gonna read it here in a second. It's, it's one of these passages that you go, yeah, right. Might've worked for them, not in 2022 and definitely won't work for me. This is how this passage feels. In fact, let's read it, but then I'm gonna tell you what happened. Second Corinthians, Paul's talking to some friends just like this, he's talking to a church in Corinth. He says, brothers and sisters, he says, I gotta tell you about something I saw. I want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. He said, I was just at this other church. What they did blew me away. In the midst of a very severe trial, they're really struggling. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So see what he's saying, they were really struggling, they felt really broke, having a really hard time in life, decided to get really generous, and the byproduct was overflowing joy. He says, I testify, I saw it. These guys, they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service of the, to the Lord's people. And verse five, I love the way the message says it. The other give, giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. They were really struggling, felt like they had nothing to give, decided to be generous and had overflowing joy and crazy amounts of purpose through God in their life. That's what they said. See, here's, here's the lie that, that we buy into. I don't have enough to make a difference. So I'll just stay back and let the people who can really make a difference do it. And God's going, it's not about what you think you can do for someone else. You trust me in this and watch what I do in your life. That passage seems too good to be true. And I remember the day that God went, I mean what I say. This applies to you too. It was about seven or eight years ago, I think. And it was the time as our church was growing real fast and, and being a pastor, I started having a bunch of anxiety that I hadn't had in, in a long time, in years. And I started having panic attacks occasionally. And then I had a shoulder surgery and they put me on some pain medicine after the shoulder surgery. And what I didn't know is the pain medicine was causing me to have more anxiety, but I didn't realize it. So I kept taking the pain medicine, kept having more anxiety. And so all of a sudden there was like this two or three day period where I was waking up in the middle of the night having panic attacks. Just, I'd be sitting in the living room doing nothing and all of a sudden I feel like I couldn't breathe and my skin would start to crawl and I start like shaking and crying and I needed to walk around and I'd walk outside and like, I was so embarrassed. I didn't want my boys to see me like I was a wreck. And it was Sunday morning. And my wife, Jill, who spoke here a couple weeks ago, by the way, how dope is she, huh? She's like, babe, we gotta go to church. And I'm like, I can't. I just don't want people to see me. I'm so, I was so embarrassed. And she said, you, know, you need to be in the presence of God. You need to be in worship. So we went to our Lakewood campus, which I think was our third location in Denver. And uh, in fact, on the way there, I had her pull over one time and I was like, I'm having a panic attack. I gotta get out of the car. Like it was, it was bad. And so we get to Lakewood and I didn't wanna go in the front door because again, I didn't want people to see me. So I snuck in the back and it was baptism weekend. 
and like what you guys had here last month or about a month ago. And uh, I was watching this screen in the back and it was the same thing you saw here. It was a person going, this is how God's changed my life. And they'd get baptized. And this is how God's changed my life. And then they get baptized. And it was person after person. And, and then God dropped this thought into my head. Whenever you hear people say, God, talk to me. God's never spoke to me in an audible voice. And I'm kind of glad. I don't think I could handle it. But every now and then, like, I just feel like he drops these thoughts in my mind. And he put this thought in my mind. He said, hey, remember, your generosity was part of buying this building. You're a part of what's happening right now. And all of a sudden, I remember back to a time when we were just like this. Church was growing. We were leasing a facility. We realized at some point we have to buy something because we're getting too big to get kicked out of something. And, and so my situation was, A, I never wanted to be a pastor. Never wanted to be a pastor and talk about money. And never, never wanted to be a pastor who talked about money and did a building campaign. And that was the position I found myself in. It's like, I gotta go talk to our church family about raising some money to buy a building. And so I had this conversation with God and I was like, God, I can't do this. I can't ask people to sacrifice if I'm not willing to go first. And I want you to know when it comes to things like this Kingdom Builders offering, that's exactly how your leadership team and pastors treat this. They don't ever ask you to do anything that they don't go first And You have an amazing team. We sent you the best. We sent you the best and Ethan. But we sent you the best. All right. You know, I love you, Ethan. So I was like, God, I, I got to go first. My problem was we didn't have anything. Like we don't have any money. We're church planners. Everything we own, we make payments on. Like I don't even have anything I can go sell really. And then all of a sudden, again, God drops this thought in my head. He's like, you got one thing you could sell. And I went out in the garage and I looked at my Harley Davidson and I went, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> but I knew I gotta go first. I can't ask you to sacrifice if I'm not willing to. And so I put my Harley on Craigslist. I didn't answer the phone for three days. I just didn't wanna believe it was happening. I finally answered the phone, haggled around the price, guy came, got it. I remember watching him drive off and he was executing the first turn around the block and I went, he didn't even know what he's doing. He can't even drive this thing. He's gonna wreck it. Like I'm, I'm stop. <laughs> I was like tearing up, watching it go away. I think we sold it for 12,500. And so that was part of our offering for the, to build the building. So I'm standing there in the back of this church while baptism's going out there and I've been having panic attacks like crazy and I'm just, I've been crying, I'm just trying to hold it together and I'm watching the baptisms and God goes, your generosity was part of that. And to my surprise, anxiety started to go away depression started to go away and I started to feel this crazy amount of like peace and joy and purpose started to like come over me. I sat there and just cried. I went, I got to be a part of that. And I didn't have another panic attack that week. I found this purpose and this joy through generosity in the middle of a really difficult time. And it's exactly what he says is possible. He says, you can live this way. You can live in such a way that your generosity starts to make heaven look different. And when you realize that, it takes really bad situations and it just floods them with joy and purpose and it starts to take everything else out. And I want that for you guys. I want that for you. I want, I want, you, to, I want you to realize, I, I asked the guys this morning for some stats. If you've given at this church, let me tell you what you're doing. Just this year, 
This doesn't happen at new churches. This is unheard of. Just this year, 213 people have raised their hand in one of these services and said, I wanna make Jesus the savior of my life and they're going to heaven. That's crazy. 170 went public with their faith in baptism just this year. That's what you're doing. I want you to start to sense that purpose. I want you to see it. You're not giving to, to nothing. In fact, you're not giving to a church, you're giving through a church, and then it's going to reach lost people, and heaven's getting more crowded, and that's why we do this thing. Here's what I want some of you to do. If you've given, if you've given at this church, when Doug or Ethan or Ryan or whoever's up here, and they go, hey, everybody close your eyes and bow your heads, and they do that thing where they say, hey, you wanna make Jesus part of your life, raise your hand. If you've given here, next time they do that, I want you to peek. Watch somebody who raises their hand. Watch their facial expression. Watch hope start to replace hopelessness. Watch the light start to come in in their eyes. Watch the tears stream down their face as they realize their eternal life is changing in this moment and remind yourself, I'm a part of that. God's used me to do that. There's purpose in this thing and it starts to replace the purpose and the joy start to replace everything else and you can live this way and I want that for you. And for me, what I found is even though I went into this thing kicking and screaming, I found a closeness to God that I never thought I would experience. There, uh, there was a day when I, was, I decided to stay at the church, then somehow they convinced me to be an intern at the church, and all of a sudden I blinked and I was like on my way to becoming a pastor, and I was like, none of this makes sense. Well, as an intern, we made $50, $50 a week. And... Um, I had just gotten married to the amazing woman who preached a couple weeks ago. So that's how I'm pr providing for my family, $50 a week. And I was really struggling because remember I told you one of the things I just was so afraid of as an adult was being poor. And we couldn't do anything. We couldn't go out to dinner with our friends. Like if we went to a birthday party with some friends, we'd share a salad, have water. How are we gonna pay for that? Like when the, when the rent would come on the first of the month, there would often be tears in our little apartment. When the insurance bill came, for the cars, there, there would be tears sometimes, like how are we gonna pay this? And for months I had been saying, God, do you even see me? Like, I thought this was your calling for me to be an intern, but like I'm struggling, I can't do anything and I can't hardly provide for my wife and it doesn't make sense and I'm, I don't have what it takes to be a pastor anyways and I was about to quit the whole internship. And I'll never forget the day I heard our pastor read this verse about giving and I was so mad, so mad about my financial state in life and then him calling us to this, I wanted to fight somebody. He read this, he said, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And he said, have you ever, have you ever looked at God and said, I tithe, that's autopilot for me. But God, with my life, I wanna excel at the grace of giving. So you got 10%, that's on autopilot, but the 90%, I'm gonna hold like this, and if you say jump, I say how high. I wanna excel in the grace of giving. So have you ever asked God to let you live that way? And I'm sitting out there going, I make $50 a week. I can't take my wife out, I can't do anything, we can't pay our bills. In fact, the week before, we had just been to a birthday party for some friends, and he opened up a big box, and they, they opened up, it was a big sombrero, and everybody went, well, you're going to Mexico. And I was so mad. I was clapping, but I was so jealous. 
And I remember driving home and Jill was like, are you okay, babe? And I was just like, I just wish I could take you to Mexico. But I make $50 a week because that's God's plan for me. And I was just heartbroken. And I came back from work a couple days later at the church and I walked in the back door of our little apartment and Jill met me at the back door and she had like a sundress on. And I was like, what's up? And I was kind of like, what's up? (laughs) And uh, she grabs my hand and she goes, come with me. She took me into this little bitty living room we had in this little apartment. We had a two person table that someone had given us and she had moved the table out of the way and she put these two beach towels down on the floor and we had a little boom box and it had the sounds of the ocean and she put a lamp over the towels and she took yellow construction paper and made sun rays and it was shining over it and she made tacos and she said, babe, she said, tonight we're going to Mexico. I got a good wife, huh? But I sat in church the next weekend and I heard the pastor say, excel in giving. And I'm thinking, you don't have a clue what I'm going through. We just went to Mexico in our living room. And you want me to excel in giving? But we, after, after we were at church and we heard this verse, we felt like God was calling us to give to this ministry. And so we sat in the car outside of our apartment and Jill said, do you feel like we're supposed to give to it? I'm like, yeah, I don't like it, but yeah. And uh, she goes, what if we did what the pastor was talking about today and excelled? Like she goes, she goes, what if we gave it all? I'm not saying you should do this. I'm telling you my story. And I'm so like beside myself already with money and so mad about everything anyways. I'm like, whatever, like how much do we have? And this is when we did our lives on a paper checkbook. So she pulled out the checkbook and went through the ledger and she went, we have $50, babe. All right, let's do it. So she ripped the check out, wrote it, $50. We sat in the car and we held hands. Such a pivotal moment in our lives. And I remember we prayed, God, do something special with this in somebody else's life and do something special in our lives. We gave it, scared to death. About two days later, you can't make this up. I'm walking through the church. A guy comes walking down the hallway in like a, just a dope suit. And he's like, hey, you Sean? I was like, yeah. He goes, you're an intern? Yeah. He goes, hands me an envelope and then he walks off. I was like, is that an angel? What just happened here? <laughs> this never happened to me before. And I said, hey, what, what is this? And he goes, I don't know. He said, God woke me up two nights ago and told me to do it. See ya. And I opened it up and it was a check for $5,000. And uh, paid our rent, we paid our insurance. I took Jill to Red Lobster. <laughs> we got those cheesy biscuits, you know we got those cheesy biscuits. I went and sat in my car and I just bawled. It wasn't because of the money, because you know the deal, you gotta pay stuff off and you get some money, you pay it off and the money's gone. I was crying because I've been praying for months. God, do you see me? Do you care? Do you see I'm suffering? Do you see I'm struggling? Do you see I'm doubting? Do you see I want to quit? Do you see I want to give up? And all of a sudden I see this check and I went, you do see me. You are watching. You are with me. I'd never felt closer to him my whole life. And I didn't quit the internship because of that moment. 
And then I became a youth pastor at that church. And then I became a young adult pastor. And then me and some friends started Red Rocks Church. And then one day me and Doug and Ethan and Ryan had a talk about starting Red Rocks Austin. And we started Red Rocks Austin. And now I get to stand here today in front of you telling you how good our God is. A $50 check changed the course of my entire life. I guarantee God did way more in me through that offering than he did with that $50 check for anybody else. Because it wasn't about what God wanted from me. It was about what he wanted for me. He wanted me to know that he has my heart. And he said that where your treasure goes, your heart follows. But if I can get your heart, I can get your life and I can take you anywhere. That's what we want for you, church. And if you've given, I want you to feel the purpose behind your giving. This is why we show up. This is why we take risks and invite people. This is why we serve and this is why we give because without your giving, this building isn't here. We don't get to rent it. We don't get to be on the stage. We don't have mics. We don't have cameras. We don't get to talk to God behind bars. We don't get to tell people about Jesus and there's no baptism service that happened a month ago. But because you give, there was, and this is what God's doing through your giving. I always knew that when I left Australia and came to the States, I said to God, I was like, it's just you and me. I started using drugs when I was 12 years old. Um, cocaine at 13, it was rough. I was having a mental breakdown and I kind of wanted to end it all. And I let that grief destroy friendships, it destroyed relationships, it destroyed my marriage. I deployed to Afghanistan. I mean, you find battlefield. I never really felt like I fully belonged anywhere, like I was fully seen or understood. I was really successful at doing the wrong thing. It finally hit me one day in a shower in rehab that Jesus was the way. sit here and he's gonna sit with me and he's gonna meet me in the ugly and he's gonna meet me in the painful like what there's a moment of for me that i just need to say god i surrender it all to you again the older i get the more i want to stay humble you know that moment where it's like you and god are expressively telling everyone like, that we're doing this like there's no other option god has done nothing but love me my entire life I have known that and I thanked him, but now it's time for me to show it. It's time for me to, to show him the same amount of love that he shows me every day. That is why I want to get back to this.
you guys stand up with me? I don't want you to ever forget why we do what we do. That's why we do it, right? That's why we sacrifice. That's why we say, God, use me. That's why we say, I'll go first. That's why we show up. That's why we serve. That's why we give. That's why we do all of it. Because we're not playing games. It's not a game. Heaven's real. Hell's real. God's real. Satan's real. It's not a game. The whole thing matters, and we get to play a part in it. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that your presence is here right now and that you're speaking to each and every one of us on an individual basis about what we've been through, about what we're going through, about where you wanna take us. Some of us right now, God, I believe in this room right now, you're speaking to us about our eternity. You're speaking to us about our relationship with you. In fact, with everyone's eyes closed, I wanna ask one question. You're here today and you go, I don't care what the service was about. I heard you tell your story about experiencing God and having life change and something inside of me started to come alive and when I need that. I saw that video of those people experiencing life change through God and something inside of me went, I need that. And you can just tell, you didn't even see it coming, but you not now know this is why God has me here because he wanted to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey son, hey daughter, I love you. I wanna welcome you home. I want you to experience my forgiveness and my grace. I wanna give you forgiveness in the here and now. I wanna give you heaven forever. And you realize like, this is my moment. I'm not gonna be perfect. I don't know what this is gonna look like, but I need to say yes to Jesus today because I want that. I want my sins forgiven. I want heaven forever. And if that's you and you know right now, this is my moment. I wanna say yes to Jesus right now. Raise your hand and I'm just gonna say a prayer for you. Go ahead and put them up. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. God, thank you. You knew exactly why you brought us here today. I thank you right now for the eternal lives that are being changed right now in this room. I thank you for the eternal lives that are going to be changed as we realize we are an army of people and our generosity when brought together has the ability to change a city and to change the world around us. And God, we know that's what you've called us to. So we thank you for the lives that you're changing here today. We thank you for the lives that we're going to be able to reach. And we thank you for what you're saying and doing in each one of us right now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, church, let's worship.